Hello and welcome to episode six of Table Shop, where we talk about all things tabletop. Uh, joining me this evening, as always, is the wonderful Prince, Dimples and Dice, whatever you, what, what do you want me to call you on these now? Because you've, you've been switching names recently. I mean, <clears throat> all of my names are fine, honestly. You can use my real name, Dimples and Dice, whatever, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes it easier for people to find you if, if they, you know... Yeah, if you, so yeah, you can dice, use Dimples and Dice. I am Dimples and Dice all around the internet. I am mostly known as Prince, but yeah, Dimples and Dice in all the places on the interwebs. If you look up Dimples and Dice, you'll find me. Fantastic. And as always, I am Jiggles the Fet. Um, this episode, we are going to discuss uh, online TTRPG games while streaming. And we're going to talk about both sides. We're going to talk about being on the player side as well as being on the on the DM side, because there is a lot of work that goes into both, um, although de de definitely more on the DM side, because along with DMing, you are generally tech as well. Um, Sometimes, although, but not always. That, that, it depends. That's true. You've got some games where you're tech, but a player. Yes. Mm -hmm. But uh, but those are those are those are Reds games, right? Are you in any other games where you're the tech, but not a player that aren't Reds? Yes, uh, when we do uh, Rolling News Twenties D and D, and when we do Cyberpunk, I will be tech, but not um, not DM okay. or okay. storyteller or referee is the word for Cyberpunk. Referee, okay. Yeah, that's the that's the call DMs in Cyberpunk. Referee. I, just, I think Game Master is is just the best. This is why I use one. GM most more often than not. Because apparently, Dungeon Master is copyrighted. It is copyrighted. <laughs> which is ridiculous um but okay so let's start with what do you think well your first experience um streaming tabletop was it as a player or as a dm uh dm actually uh i believe was i think it was was it ag inc or was it rolling these 20s one of the two I think it may have been, yeah, no, they both started right around the same time. Didn't yeah, they? they were pretty fucking close. Uh, um, I, th I think I think the vampire game might have had a week or two. Yeah. Of a head start. But yeah, we, uh, I've been, I started off doing it as DM and producer and I was really fucking terrible at it, honestly. It felt, I, looking back on like my first episode of Act Inc. and, and Vampire, it was, um, my production was definitely low quality. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, sucking at something is the first step towards being sort of good at something. If I'm going to, you know, quote Jake the dog from Adventure Time. <laughs> so, are but, we quoting Adventure Time? <laughs> That's what we are. We're quoting Adventure Time. Um, oh, don't do that stream earlier. I I, I wish I would have had a button to make Lemon Grab yell unacceptable a few times there. But <laughs> need to make myself a soundboard. But no, okay. So and then um, the first the first streamed game that I was in was was your Ack Inc game. Mm -hmm. um, I was surprised to learn that everybody uses Zoom, and that it is a gigantic hassle to get set up that could very easily be destroyed. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, so so let's go behind the scenes a little bit for for some of this. Like, when you started talking about tools, it is weird because everybody has their own preferences right like zoom discord uh 
Skype meets what well, Skype's teams now, whatever. Anyway, the, the reason I use Zoom is Zoom has some of the best audio quality of any um, of the like st- streaming things that you use. Um, and that was really what, why I use Zoom. And, and you have like, you can record directly from Zoom while you're doing it, as I believe you're doing right now. Uh, so that was what really made me use Zoom instead of other, you know, other tools. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I lean towards using Meet sometime. And then the other part of me is like, I lean towards using Discord because Discord, you can adjust audio for individuals on. That's true. And that is actually really useful when you're streaming. So it's like all of these little things you're trying to push, like the knobs you're trying to twist to make sure your production is good. And it's actually way more difficult than people think when you're thinking about these things. Like I, a lot of, a lot of mental energy went into figuring out what tools would be best. I know. And I get that now. The, and the biggest thing about discord is I would have zero issues using discord because of the reasons you said, and it can get better audio quality. That's just locked behind the, the donate or the, the boost. Yep. Paywall. Yep. Uh, and it's not just like one person can pay and have better audio quality right. it requires. Like if what? that was the case, then I would use discord, honestly. Right. I'd probably like just use discord level two don't you need to be level two to get the yeah, higher audio you gotta rate? have like a server with this many donations it's, it's it's silly if i could just pay like if i could just pay for discord to have better audio quality i wouldn't give a shit about my zoom backgrounds honestly i could i could dump that shit in a hot second or find something else to replace giving backgrounds for my screen uh because the audio would be good good enough and i there are tools and shit that you can use for discord to actually record your audio as well and i'm just like but we got to go through the pains of you know how discord wants to run their monetization which is yay capitalism of course right because you need to be level one to get 128 kilobits per second and i believe Zoom is 256 by default. By default. And that requires the level two Discord, which is like 15 boosts. That's like a lot of money. I just pay my Zoom yearly fee and then I'm just done with it and I don't think about it again. Right, right. <laughs> honestly, honestly, with the proliferation this last year of, of TTRPGs, especially with the streamed content, I'm still yes. amazed that nobody has come out with something to fill this obvious need. Yes. And and it's not like it's small. It's not like it's a bunch of streamers of my size doing this. Like you had the D&D channel doing this. You have like big Roll, Roll20's channel is running shit all the time for stream D&D content. Like this seems like something that people be like, we want to give you control of all of your players' audios, individual streams, closed captions, like all this stuff you would think they were like, let's make a thing that make this work or, or build it into something that already exists. But no, it's not there yet. Right. Honestly, honestly, that's, that's one of the things that I, I can see it just being integrated directly into foundry, you know, cause they've already got some, some nifty little tools there for, for streaming with, but if it was integrated directly in that would, I mean, 
that would make I'll be honest with you like I, number one I love roll 20 but they're they're like streaming stuff like for video and audio is absolute garbage <laughs> well that's the thing they were they were the they were the only game in town for so long right and nobody used it really like it was it was cool it was people used it but it wasn't anything like it's been over the last year and a half um when all this stuff just kind of exploded because nobody could go anywhere i mean if that's like all you have it's fine but like if you have if you have access to discord you would never use roll 20s like integrated webcam and audio you just wouldn't it's because it's bad right right and they just recently did mobile support and it's yeah regardless that is it's it's there are options out there now and uh, the one that everybody knows isn't always the best. Hey, it's just like the actual TTRPG community. I mean, again, uh. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of times you end up having to use these things in tandem. Like I use Meets with pretty much all of my video stuff now because Google just has so much better captioning than anything else. And there's not a whole lot of other tools that offer like captioning for your entire group like Google does. So I have a Meets tab open that just takes audio in to bring captions up on my screen. Oh, you started putting captions up on the TTRPGs or just for other games with multiple things you're doing with multiple people? I mean, pretty much anything I do with multiple people, but it's mostly TTRPG stuff. Okay. Oh, I must have missed that. Fair enough. Either way. Yeah, because I know the um, one of the things that I use for captions only grabs my input. So. Yep. And it's 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 not the best <laughs> at knowing what it is I'm saying. So <clears throat> um, let's see, let's see. Well, what are some of the outside of Zoom? Um, what do you see as some of the biggest, or you know, as some of the biggest challenges when it comes to, to, to producing that, that kind of thing, of being on the <sighs> side of things? I mean, there's a lot, and it, it, it depends on how much of the production stuff you're handling. So like, if you're making your own overlays and things of that nature, obviously things become more complicated. Um, like even if you're just using ones that are already pre-made, you still have to set it up for your players. Um, audio is always a, a complication. Um, especially if you want to have like music and things of that nature, it's difficult because, you know, if you want to have a thing for your players, but you don't want it to come in on your side, you have to make all these different adjustments. Like I use voice meter to make it work, but it's still, it's, it's complicated. Um, I, but the other part about it is if you're GMing and producing like, there's so many things your mind's already on if you're a GM, right? Like you're like managing your NPCs, managing how the story is like progressing. If things are on rails. You're trying to keep them on the rails. If it's off rails, you're trying to keep all the details you need to keep the game making sense in your head. But you're also watching and making sure your stream quality doesn't go. Or if someone disconnects that your frames or will be all together do you have an extra scene so you can move things around it is a bunch of little details that you're constantly watching along with trying to manage the game and it's actually it can be it can be a huge pain in the ass like once you get everything settled down like you get a a, a routine or like 
everything's set the way you want it to, it feels like something always comes in and breaks then. <laughs> and you have to is. be ready to, you have to be ready to deal with that life. Like, and, and it's hard because if you are a person who flusters easily, like it can make it, it can make it really difficult. Like you can really lose your, like your whole groove. And I don't know a better word for it, but it's like, you know, when you're in that zone, when you're, you're doing a thing and then something just compl- like someone just fucking knocks all the to- toys off the table or something, and you don't know how to get back in the move where, where you were before that's kind of how stuff can go when you're streaming. And you like, if you're not one of those people who can roll with the punches and producing and GMing is probably not the thing for you. Indeed. Indeed. I mean, from a player's perspective, because I haven't GM'd anything streamed yet or even produced anything like that. It's, you know, it's, it's, there's not as much of that kind of thing, but it's definitely, it feels so much different than, than playing around, or than playing around a table or even just playing with people in Discord, not streaming. Yeah. You know, because you're not only, you know, worrying about how you're interacting with the people, but you're also, at least even in the, just in the back of your mind, you're worried about how you're coming off to the audience. The fact that there's even an audience is astounding. I mean, that, that greater restoration of the charity marathon. Jesus a while Christ. Back, <laughs> I was in that first game of the weekend and there was one point when I looked over and there were more than 5,000 people watching. Right. And I'm like. I don't think I've had 5,000 people total watching any of my streams. Like this is, this is crazy. Yeah. You know, don't, don't mess up. Don't fumble. Don't, don't screw it up for everybody. It's <laughs> like, I legit had the, the follower count turned off because after I saw it start, it like when I first got there, it was like 1200 and I was already like, Oh shit. Then like, I was like, I turned it off. And then someone was like, Oh yeah, we're up at like 13,000 people. And I'm like, what? 13,000 people are watching me run a game of vampire right now and i'm just trying not to think about this just to keep my mind on the game and this is a game that that i am i'm trying to run with a bunch of people all except yeah all of them had never played in a game with me <laughs> yeah no that's how it felt with my one there was just there was all new people hadn't played with any of them I, I but never they were all fantastic with yeah Fair, no it was great rafiki all wonderful so it's just it's it's wild like trying to handle that like in the moment and try to keep your mind just focused on the game because i really think here's one of the things that i i think a lot of people they worry about what the audience you know will think about how the game is going and you should obviously if you're playing a game and you're playing a game for audience you should worry about how your audience perceives the game but Honestly, I think the more, the less I've thought about audience the actually how much better my games have come off, because if I focus on having a really good and entertaining game for my players, the audience buys into that and the players do the silly shit that makes the game keep grooving and that brings the audience in. And it's not to say that you shouldn't play into your audience or anything like that, but like focus on being, making your table entertaining and, and keeping them entertained and engaged and i i feel like the audience part just comes along with it right how do you feel about in that same vein how do you feel about communicating with the audience during the game i know that we do it you know mm-hmm. in, in our acquisitions Inc. game but i do also know that some of the bigger games don't 
They, it, they do not. And even even back before they were pre-recorded and everything, sure, sure. they were live and the chat was going on. There was no interaction from any of them. I guess some of them would, I guess, sometimes look at, you know, but I never heard of any of them actually interacting with chat. So it's it's weird. It's like, you know, the, the ones that have made, been the most successful are doing it this way. Do, do you emulate that? Do you, do you, you know, or do you wait until it gets to a point where there's just, there's no way you're going to be able to interact with chat and then just start ignoring it? I think this answer sort of depends on your group and or the type of game you're playing, right? Because like our game that we play for Ack Inc. is just like, the, the mood that I tried to set for that game from the moment we started was just like a bunch of friends playing around the table doing goofy shit and, and a off-the-wall sort of, you know, capitalistic goofball game of D&D, right? That game is not meant to be taken serious at all. <laughs> and if you're taking that game too serious, if you're thinking like, oh, this is like other D&D, fuck off. You're in the wrong place. Uh, but my vampire game, my if we have interactions with the audience, is usually generally just in chat. Maybe we might acknowledge a raid or something that happens, but otherwise it's generally just in chat. So it depends on the tone. You're, I think the tone and the group that you're trying to set with your players and how, how they want to handle it. Because, you know, different games, you'll have the the players of the game or the DM in the game actively interacting with chat. And I don't think there's a, a right or wrong answer for that. It just depends on you and the vibe your group is trying to set. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I don't know of any, any major instances with like acknowledging on stream, the stuff going on in the chat, but we definitely type back, you know, back and forth with chat while we're playing. Mm -hmm. um, but except for maybe a raid or two, you know, we might've mentioned, but yeah, no. Okay. I feel that. And because yeah, I also feel like if you if you did start off where you are interacting with chat quite a bit, even if it's just you know in chat, um, and then you get to a point where it's just overwhelming and you stop, all those people who become a part of the community because of the interaction might feel you know like they're now getting the short end of the stick. Like I've got someone who who hangs out in my streams all the time, who came over when I was back still playing Dwarf Fortress, mm -hmm. and he's like, yeah, I could be watching those other people playing it who have a couple hundred, but nobody ever responds to me in chat I, I can watch you because there's only a couple of people so you could respond and i'm like oh okay that's cool but a little depressing <laughs> well I, and, and this is the thing like this is the thing about twitch like i i feel like or, or any streaming thing but i feel like the the big thing that sort of draws people to to smaller streams is that there is that interactivity and I think the the how you set those bounds or how far you go with that interactivity is on you. But I think that does it does help you build real community when you have that. And I think that doesn't like a lot of tabletop games. There were I, I, and I'm not saying this is everybody It's not trying to me trying to broad stroke it. But like you come in, I, some, I sometimes just jump into other tabletop streams just to see how they run it. And some of them are like super fucking serious, like soap opera shits. And that's cool, right? Like, that's cool. That's the, the vibe you're going for. But like, if, if, if you have people who want to have like a high interaction engagement game and you never acknowledge that they're there, then maybe you should just be making a podcast. Right? <laughs> like, that's the way I feel about it. 
fair enough, fair enough. All right, so um, this is a good question because this will actually help me. What are some things that you wish you knew before you started streaming TTRPGs? Being Ooh. being behind the, the the work, you know, being on that side. Um, wish I knew. Um, I wish I knew how many, uh, like how to find all the different resources that I, I found over time. Like it took me a lot longer over time to find all the things that can make it work. Like finding, you know, music that I could play on streams. And I don't really do music all that much, but like finding that stuff earlier, like I didn't know about pretzel. I didn't know about YouTube's audio, um, library, like stuff that I could actually play without getting in trouble sort of thing. Um, I didn't know about voice meter when I first started doing streaming. I didn't know how to set it up when I got it. Like there's such so many little things like that, but I also think like, um, other things I wish I knew is like, I wish I knew other people who did it, who could have helped me. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> like, enough. like I, I don't, I didn't have anybody to help me with it. I just kind of like went and I'm, and I'm sure I could have asked random people. Now I actually have, I know people who do this. So like I can find people to talk to, but like, I, it felt weird to me to be like, yo, can you tell me how to stream TTRPG stuff on a stream? Like it would, that felt, odd to me well you um, were i mean you had some you had some contacts already before the streaming started that were already in that space i mean there was a, there were a group of people that you were friends with that had you know had been in, in some pretty big things out there yeah i mean i just i wasn't as close to them then as i am now i guess fair enough um, and, and, and I have leaned on other streamers to help me with stuff since like, not necessarily like have them make things for me, but just like, you know, here's how you set up your commands in Nightbot or, or something like that. Just, just stuff to make your life easier, like automated timers and stuff like that to, to, to help with engagement with your, your people who are in your chat and things of that nature. So I think, uh, there's a lot of resources. There's a lot of videos and stuff like that. But I wish I knew about a lot of those things before I started. Because again, I look back at our, <laughs> I look back at our first episode of Ack Inc. And we were literally just boxes that were cut out with names under them, just slapped on top of fantasy grounds. There was no overlay. There was nothing. It was just slapped on top of there. And we have an overlay and stuff now. And, and, and I'll probably Mamers update awesome. the over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mamers is awesome. Uh, and I'll probably pop another over, a new overlay once we start doing the next thing. But like another thing that 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 I, I wish I knew is that this shit costs money. Like this costs way more money and time than you think. Like art assets are not cheap. And if you're just like not paying somebody, you're an asshole, by the way. Uh, like if someone just offers and they make something or if they end your game or whatever, that's another story. But like if people are, if you're just like, I want you to make me an overlay and then you don't want to pay somebody, you're a dick. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We you watch the show. Artists. You should pay. You should right. do this thing. No. no, no It'll no, give pay, you exposure. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't paying no one in exposure. Oh, gosh. We are hiring interns around here. Um... 
Yeah, no. So, so looping back to you were talking about using music. You do do you play music during our AI game? I do not. Okay, I was about because well, I know like I guess like the, the the wait or the startup you have some music playing at some points, don't you? Yes. Now okay. now that uh, like as of recent, I've I've started playing music when we were first getting started, like during our breaks and stuff like that. Okay. Because I was about to say, if you're playing music during the scenes, I've never heard it. <laughs> well, <laughs> like and just that's the, the audience thing. is hearing it. Here's the thing: that's the other complicated part about it is that even if I was, y'all wouldn't hear it. Well, you could with uh, Zoom. You can share with, the audio. Right with Zoom, I could share it, but then it's Zoom sharing of audio. If it lags on my end, then it tur- like I've literally had it happen where I've shared shared audio on Zoom where it hitches and then it is off. For what y'all hear versus what I'm hearing, and then it gets really weird. <laughs> okay, okay, interesting. I'll have to keep that in mind too because I was thinking about possibly using music for for some stuff. Um, I mean, you can. It, it might be better now. I just don't really bother because I don't like. I don't think it's really that big of a deal to y'all. I and 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 I've had players tell me that music sometimes distracts them when they're playing. It's actually, they don't mind it when they're watching a game, but when they're playing the game, it bothers them. It's a weird thing. Fair enough. Fair enough. Nice. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's see. Let's see. What is, what would be, what would you say would probably be the, the most the minimum and, and maximum number of players that you would want? Cause we see some games with, you know, three, and then we've got other games that have like seven. You know, at, at players at all times. Granted, the the one right off the top of my head that has seven players is not, you know, using Zoom or whatnot. But right. what's your limit on the amount of people that you want to be corralling while DMing, while producing, you know? So we had six when AI started. We, we had six when AI started. So here's the, here's the thing. Here's the rub for me. I think it depends on how much time you have a lot for a game running three hour streams. I think the max that I really want, I really want in any game is five because for D and D in specific D and D combat, especially the, the more levels and more decisions you have to make for each player, it starts to go long. Right. Uh, and you could have a three hour session where two and a half of it could be just all combat. And that's not necessarily bad, but like if, if, you know, most of your game is like a heavy RP sort of thing, which is the kind of games that I lean into, that actually takes away from some of that. And it can become a bit of a slog. That's my opinion. Take that as you will. So five would be the max that I would go to, to, so I can keep a good pace. And that's just for me as a DM. So I'm like, I could never run a seven-player game like Critical Role over Zoom, trying to produce and trying to, you know, be a DM for the game, keep details on things, have a, a you know, homebrew world that I've crafted and keep track of everything going. I just wouldn't be able to do it. Um, that's why I say five is my max number. I, I lean towards four, um, but... You know, in the case of something like Vampire, I think I could easily run five or six. Right, because combat's always quick and yep. simple. 
you know, it's 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 there's a reason why vampire LARP in combat was always rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, it's it's the easiest way to translate that system in the real world, basically. Honestly, like like my 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 combats are three rounds at max. I've never had a combat. Did last one go past three rounds? It might have went to the fourth round. It might. I think it might not even made it to the fourth round. It was three rounds, if I'm not mistaken, last night. Uh, and that's just the way that that game runs. So the the hardest part about running Vampire with, you know, if I had that many players, which we will have five once Lonzo comes back from sabbatical, is just Vampire is a game that lends itself to splitting the parties because, you know, Vampires don't like to do every single thing together. Uh, and I am in, I'm running a very open sort of city game where a lot of different things are going on. So there's a lot of party splitting that happens and that's okay, but you just have to keep be cognizant of how to keep the game moving and keep your players engaged, even as you are swapping between different stories and different beats. Uh, right, because you hit those those heavy beats, those those real meaty role playing beats, but it's with these two players that are on the other side of that. So you know your other three or four players are just like, right, what do I do? You know, I'm just putting right. my thumbs for twenty minutes here while I while, while they're talking. And that's a, that's a, that's a story for another day, like how to deal with splitting the parties, uh, but. I, I think I honestly I think over over the time of me doing vampire I've gotten really good at it. <laughs> That's not just to like toot my own horn. I, I legit think I've put a lot of thought and effort into it to make that uh you know easier for my players to stay engaged with. Fair enough. Now, do you think that uh do you think our AI game would be further along or further back if we wouldn't have lost those two players so early? If we were still rocking a full six party six person group, do you? Oh, we'd definitely be further behind, hundred <laughs> percent. I like I I say this like a thousand a thousand fucking percent because y'all are absurd. <laughs> well, the, yeah, but the two who left were were more on that you know that a little bit more of the serious tip. Yeah, like it would have been like, it would have been ha- a, less not quite half and half because right now the party is split half people who are a little more serious and half people who are just cuckoo bananas. I, I think it still would have been half and half because Gower's background was wild. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I did like, I, I will say this is, this is a little off topic, but I really did like the inclusion of those two um, in uh, Hazel's little bedroom description. Yes. The fact, the fact that they were included was, was a nice touch and it, it made me, it made me really happy. Yes. Uh, Malmers is an excellent role player. Mm-hmm. I, I, it is. So th- it's wild that like, you know, two like random people that I found on Reddit that are still sticking around in a game that we've been running for like over a year and still happy to be in the game. That seems weird to me. Uh, like it's been going, this is about a year. It's closing in on a year for that game, right? Yeah. I thought we started in August. No, I, well, not over a year. I mean, but we're closing in on a year. Yeah, yeah. Right, like, we're getting there. It's been at least ha- over six months. So yeah, and I'm just like, you know, it's wild that that people still stick around because this was like, honestly, outside of Madcast D and D that we did, I, I had like a, a short experience playing at a, in a home game, and that was all of my DM experience. That was hundred percent of it. <laughs> well, the thing is that a, a good GM can bring out 
the the good part in players and vice versa yes so i think it's been i think it's been a combination of you you know naturally being you know having the potential to be a good gm and then having good players you know players especially players with a lot of experience because i know you've had you've had quite a bit before the streaming stuff started with people who've been playing forever yeah i mean my my i have my first campaign was almost two-year campaign where we went all the way to level 20 like <laughs> and was that, that in person or was that discord that was over D- discord slash team speak okay that was that that, that, that was, was with Munza. Yeah, yeah that was with Munza and Boche yeah, way you got way back with there yeah so that was actually yeah, three no, five too that's a good group to be <laughs> to get into I'd hate to be in a you know to be a new player in a group of everybody who's new because nobody knows what's going on at that point. So, you know, I honestly, I, that actually, I mean, so for vampire, for example, we, and I know this is slightly slightly off topic, but bear with me here We're fine. Uh, for vampire. The only person that had any experience with the game was Ivy. When we started that the whole group, nobody had any experience in vampire, oh, even you, even me. Huh, okay. I had never done anything VTM related. I had just read some lore books and read V5 stuff. And I was like, I want to run Vampire. So we were all brand new. So like everything that I was doing with Vampire was new. <laughs> uh, and I, I think that that getting past the whole part of like, I don't know how to do this and just taking a shot it's not just the same it's the same for like producing and making content on twitch like sometimes you have to just go and believe that you can do it and even if there's a bunch of other new people with you you'll all have to like just be willing to ride together and i think it actually helped to have new people in this case because there was none of that like judgment that you can get from people who've done this for a while. There wasn't a bunch of rules lawyering or stuff like that. When something was wrong or we made a mistake in it, we just go back and be like, yo, this is the way the rule worked. We're going to take it that way from now on. Or we're going to be like, fuck that rule. We're going to keep doing it the way we've been doing it. And everybody has rolled with this like the whole time. And I think that's one of the good things that can come when you play with a bunch of new people. As long as y'all have a good relationship at the table, y'all can roll that way. That some of the problems that you'd have with, you know, a bunch of old hats. And this is not a knock against playing with experienced play- people by no means, but it's more like the 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 gaps in knowledge actually can be um, can be harder to overcome. If that makes sense, I don't know. Absolutely, that makes sense. Um, yeah, because I mean, at, at that point, you're dealing with, you know. It's just somebody who just doesn't know and trying to teach somebody something when the middle of while you're trying to play can be discouraging. Yes. You know, especially for the person trying to, who needs to learn it because then they feel like uh, I'm holding everything up. Why is this? Oh God, please stop. <laughs> and, and yeah. And that's what I was saying. Like the appeal of it was like, we were all learning together. Like everybody was like basically on the same page. We're all learning together. And I think the same applies for like when you're doing, you know, a stream when you have a bunch of other people like it could be very easy for somebody who's streamed forever to be like 
your shit's off. This is broken, yada, yada, yada. And make you feel really bad about it, even not intentionally doing it, just saying like they want to show you things to improve. But like that can actually be like harder to deal with. And that's what, this is where I was like bringing it back into the whole thing. Like I'm GMing, I'm producing and stuff like that. And that's a lot. You coming into it like this is your first game. You're relatively new at this thing. You're trying to do all of these things that you're new at at the same time. And then you have somebody else who who could guide you. And it's not to say that 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 having an experienced person couldn't be helpful, but sometimes it can be not helpful too, even if they're just trying to be helpful. Right. In that situation, I think if there is going to be an experienced person at the table, the best position for them is probably in the GMC. Yes. If you know, if you're a, if you're a GM who's experienced and you've got a table full of of absolute newbies, that's fine because you're teaching everybody at the same time. Right. You know, so I've got an experience that's going to be coming up like that here once you know things start unlocking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As I say, when we start hitting the the, the vaccination stretch goals. Um, vaccination stretch. Well, goals. that's how it is here in Michigan. Everything's going to start. Uh, being coming unrestricted the higher percentage of people we have vaccinated oh that's that's I mean, how it, back it could be to like normal is the name of the program where back you get normal where you get if you you get vaccinated you get uh <laughs> you got a chance to enter a million bucks lottery that's crazy there are some states there are some places that like you know have like legal cannabis that were giving people bags when they'd get vaccinated, <laughs> get your shy as a free bag of weed, get you know? Bag of weed for getting vaxxed. God, I'm like, God, that, that's not how it's working in Michigan. That's not fair. <laughs> Actually, oh. though, my we got, uh, I guess the local government around here was paying people two hours worth of pay to go and get it, whether they were, it was during the, when their normal shift would be or not. So that's cool. That's good. It should be the same way for voting. Honestly. I was just about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> the exact same thing. That is a, that's a different <laughs> podcast altogether. That's not, yeah. that's not nothing here. <clears throat> okay, so. So you're planning on running a streamed game. Correct. Uh, I guess before we roll out, how are you preparing? What things are, have you done to help set yourself up for success? Because I well, think this would be um, good for people to know, like how you set up, like when you're planning to run one in the future. Well, and this is this is this goes against some of my my personal core beliefs, and we have discussed this before. But I'm actually going to be first of all, I'm going to be running this in a uh, a pre-created campaign setting, which is not something that I normally do. It's not something that you normally do. Yep. And secondly, I'm going to start the campaign off using the module that they're putting out as well for levels also something you don't normally do (laughs) exactly now the setting is great and i've i've you know it's the biggest issue with the setting is that there is a ton of lore out there because this is uh this is a setting that has actually existed for 20 years now the -hmm. first iteration of it was d20 you know third dnd third edition um so it was running on the on the d20 license um, and then it became a tabletop war game because people liked the concept and wanted to have minis. Um, so there's, you know, there's 20 years worth of lore out there, but it's all so 
disparate. There's no giant compendium or yeah, that's or like me trying to catch up everything. on all of the old cyberpunk stuff and seeing how spread out everything is. Holy shit! Because I'm a lore junkie, right? Right. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna jump in this. Oh, what the fuck is all? There's like 27 different books for this last edition. How? Where? <laughs> Now, now, when you say books, are you talking about source books or novels? Both, like between right. source books and novels, because they all have lore in them, from my understanding. Right, same. So we've got, we've got. Um, this will be the third iteration of the TTRPG system, and so all of the books from all the previous ones have lore up to that point in the story. Then we have a bunch of novels as well, and then we have all of the source books for the war game. For the miniature war game mm-hmm. that all have lore in them as well <laughs> so there's this like there's this huge collection of stuff luckily there's actually quite a bit in the campaign setting about the the current state of affairs because some big stuff recently happened that affected the the miniature game um and that's bas- basically right after that is the point where this campaign setting is starting so that's that's pretty cool um basically after the the world ended up beating back an, an invasion of soul-stealing demons um who came to collect on a uh a deal made by humans a long time ago to get magic so <laughs> humans fucking up everything for everybody like usual but yeah like usual. so <laughs> so there's so there's a lot of that so so there's a lot of that that i gotta dig through and find because i don't expect a lot of that to come out during the adventure you know everything that's that's contained within there the lore is present right there for it at least okay the amount of lore that the players would that know. the players would need or know yeah, right because okay. the players aren't going to know the full history of of the freaking witchfire sword even though that thing's been around forever and has been present in some of the major points of you know in history um they're not going to know a lot of that so that's fine um and outside of that it has been been pre-building the the encounters for that in foundry because that's uh, that's what i'm going to run it in is in foundry and as I stated previously, I've got the whole first chapter in there. I got I got the the tiles and the, the NPCs all created and everything um, all ready to go. So it's all the scenes are ready. So it's just going to be dropping people in and, and moving forward. Everybody's statted. Everything everything is ready to go, which is fantastic. So that's that's a big step. So I don't have to worry about throwing this something together real quick or or anything like that because at the very least in this instance, you know. It's the party should be going this way. But if they do go this way, the book goes, if they don't go this way, then here's what you do if they go this way. If they go in any other direction, you're just basically going to loop around to a different part of the story. And I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) So I don't really have to worry unless they go really off the rails. And in that case, I'm just going to get upset. (laughs) I I think that's the sort of thing you discuss in like your session zeros, like, Especially if you're running a, a a a somewhat on the rails campaign, right? Well, I mean, it's not super on the rails. There's, you know, they don't have to go from here, point A to point B to point C yeah, immediately. Yeah. It could be A and then A point five and then to B, and you know, um, but they're not going to avoid at least the initial major plot points. So gotcha. it's going to be really hard to avoid that. They have to stick their heads in the sand for that kind of thing. Um. So that's that's my big thing, and uh, I want to get some overlays made. Um, I'm not sure who I'm going to reach out to about that yet. Um, oh, I have one more question for you, actually. Okay. How did you decide to go with the a VTT 
like uh, instead of like something like theater of the mind, like running maps and are you going to be running maps in combat and stuff like that? Yeah, the VTT is going to be for combat. Um, not like not like the game that I ran where like everything was was in found. You know, I had everything even mm-hmm. if there wasn't going to be combat. I had basically everywhere you guys were going was set up as a map and that kind of stuff I don't need. So so you know if you're in a shop it's going to be theater of the mind. But if you're in combat I like the grid. Even That's when right. I'm playing at a table, I've got a rolled up, you know, Same. thing that you can use wedding Same. race markers on and stuff yep. like that. I have um, I have several different sort of backdrops for them too. Cuz cuz I like I mean, the go ahead. I mean if I had all of the monies, I would definitely be that nerd with, you know, the full on, you know, layout of minis and the, the castles and shit built up. Uh, that would be me. Absolutely. I would be that person. And then 200 bucks, get yourself a nice resin 3D printer. Oh, I know. I've literally talked about this with the wife. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if I had the room, I'd have one right now. Hands down. Like seeing what it could do, the, those models that I made for the AI players. Um, came out of a resin printer and just seeing what that was able to do from somebody who that was basically the second thing that they had printed on that printer. And they came out fantastic or very, very minor issues that I was able to fix with a bit of sanding or something, which mm-hmm. you generally have to do when it comes yeah. to resin models. When anyways. you're doing resin models. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I've never done these, but I do have some knowledge of how this works because I used to do model cars back in the day. Way, way back when. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, no, I, you know, resin printer will help a lot. Like I've got no issues, you know, hero forge, you could design a mini pay eight bucks for the file and then print it and save yourself. All of the SRD uh, enemies for D and D are available open source online. You can get all of the models for those to print everything SRD. Yeah, and then there's just you can find Patreons. Oh, I was just gonna say, and if you go Patreon, then you can find all kinds of shit, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> like it's 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 ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I, and honestly, I'm thinking about that too. But that, that that you know brings back into the the in-game stuff. That kind of stuff is not necessary for the VTT, so it's easier to get all that going. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever I need, I find a picture, I make a token. <laughs> it's so much easier to, to pop a token. And unfortunately, now with the um they're going to be releasing a full set of tokens. I was just about to ask this because this is the other complication that comes when you're doing production is like art assets, what you're actually able to use versus what you're not when you're doing a streamed game. Like Everything you can't I'm just go online. Of the books that I'm yeah, using. you can't just go online and find an image of a character you like and be like, "Oh, but use this." No, you cannot. You can't just yank somebody's art and just put it up on your channel. That's all fine and well if you're just doing it for a game that you're playing with your friends. But when you start talking about that, you know, you make money from your streams, your Twitch affiliate or Twitch partner. Mm-mm. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's what, um, at the very, all the tokens that I've made for this so far have come directly from the books. Um, oh. But they were also going to release a full pack of token images for everything in the adventure book. Mm-hmm. But it just hasn't, like I said, it's it's the actual book isn't being released until September. So a lot of that yeah, stuff yeah, is still hasn't a while. I remember yet. when they first did the Kickstarter. Yeah, so it's still a while for that. Yeah, and those were all stretch goals. Like they pretty much had the, the three main books done and ready to go. 
Um, and they, you know, they pre-released them as PDFs and then got some feedback for the final printing and stuff like that. So that's, that's why the, the starters have it, but those will actually be the first physical TTRPG books that I have owned in a long time. <laughs> I can't say the same. I, I buy like everything vampire and uh D &D Tuesday, Tuesday, the new D and D books coming out. Well, here's the other thing though. My wife also likes having physical copies of things. Like I'm one of those nerds who's like, you know, for the most part, I'm good with having a, a, a PDF of damn near everything. Cause I'm generally not pulling things from a, a book, a physical book while I'm playing a game. Right. It's just too difficult where I can just control F, find what I need sort of thing. But having a physical book, especially if you're playing at the table, which we will have at the table games coming up soon again, you know, that's, that's another story. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I've got, I've got an invite to a friend of mine's uh, in-house in, uh, in June. And I'm debating because I love them all to death, but they're not they're not really on the role-playing side of things and i've i've really realized that i, I want i mean because i love combat as well but I, I want people who give a damn about play their characters aspect of it yeah mm -hmm. and and that's 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 i played with a group of people for a long time they just they weren't really like that it was all about the power game um and I'm like, that's cool, but like, I don't know, man. I want to play something that's that it's not min maxed, you know, it's not munchkin eyes. I want I want something with flavor. With flavor. Right. Like I'm I, a hedgehog I, I, echo knight. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> you know? I, I'm playing a a you know, if you watch the the game that me and Red are running, it's absurd. I'm playing a druid of the stars who's basically a giant shyster. Nice. Uh, and it is hilarious. And he is a turtle, uh, and he's been getting dragged around on a mount uh, by a mount that he can't ride, so it just pulls him while he's tucked in his shell. That's fantastic. And when he's not tucked in his shell uh, to get around because he doesn't run very fast, I use shape water as like a water wheel, and I'm constantly turning it to ice, so I slide forward in this wheel as this thing is pulling me. Awesome. which I have to give myself credit for that is the most creative way of shape water I've seen so far, put myself on a water <laughs> wheel to move faster. <laughs> like don't steal that shit. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've already got to figure it out. My next, my next character in a long form game is going to be a turtle and I've already figured out how to get around their slow speed. It's going to be a monk. <laughs> I, I know. I know where you're going with turtle. You can make a strength turtle too if you go <laughs> that way. Yeah, could that be? Yeah, because you have claws. Indeed, indeed. I think I took slasher. Oh I was yeah, take slasher because of that. Um. So yeah, no. <laughs> anyway, that, um, other other ways I'm getting ready. Um, like I said, I, I made an application that I'm gonna I'm gonna post out there and have people fill in. I want to find people that will work well together. Um, because it doesn't always work out. Yep. You know, uh, honestly, I think that was one of the the biggest issues that cropped up with our LD&D experiment. Um, yes, it absolutely people was. People in groups that just, they, they weren't all on the same page. And so it just didn't work out well. Um, and then there were just some players who were just not on the same page as anybody. But Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Can can confirm. This is true. This can confirm. Um, let me think. Any anything else I've been doing? I mean, not really. Just uh, I've been I've been poking That's around fair. in Foundry to get myself refamiliar with it. A lot has changed since the last time I actively used it. You know, it hasn't even been that long since since we were using it, and it's it's there's already some been some major changes. Um, and, and the way a lot of things work. So listen, Foundry, I run D and D every week. Uh, like, if you want to holler, I'm 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 listening. <laughs> I'm listening. Actually, like, no, I, I am not married surprised. to any any VTT. I, I'm still out here trying to find some things that'll work for all the different games I run. Because I plan to run a Blades in the Dark mini campaign myself sometime here in the near future. Interesting. Interesting. You know, I was surprised. Uh, the Foundry was one of the sponsors of the Greater Restoration. I was. This is why I'm. This is why I'm talking. Like Foundry no. was good. <laughs> yep. No, I've uh, I've had a had a key for for a while. I, I host it myself, but which is good. I like having full control over it. I think that's the biggest the biggest turnoff for a lot of people is that with that one, especially you have to you have to pay for it once you buy it. But then you got to figure out how you're going to host it. You're going to host it, yeah. You know, are you going to host it on on a on a server somewhere and pay them money every month to to keep it up? Are you going to host it yourself? Can you host it yourself? Do you have a computer strong enough to have that running in the background all the time? Do you, is your internet good enough? So, so Foundry I mean, is is, is I have great, but it's figured very out how I would run it all all the way because you could base I could basically virtual I can make a virtual computer on my computer and or i could just run it from my mac while i'm running everything else over here whatever or or legitimately you could just pick up a raspberry pi and plug it in and, that. and and you know stick it in a corner somewhere headless you know i don't know what your experience is with you know ssh linux cli that we might stuff, have to but... talk about that off stream but that that, <laughs> uh, uh, that actually i did not consider that at all yeah, because it's not. It doesn't take a lot of system resources. The yeah, biggest part of it is going to be storage space when you start yep. having a lot of assets. So, um, but yeah, no, uh, I mean that's that's pretty much the extent. Uh, I mean, I've been painting a lot of those models, which kind of gets me in the mood of thinking about that kind of stuff. But um, there's really not a whole lot else that I have to do except for psyching myself up to get ready for, you know, to get ready to hit that button to, to, to officially announce it and get people that you're making this happen. Yeah. So, um, and that's, that's the thing I'm hesitant about because I still don't know when, you know, I don't know. Am I going to put this application out and wait a month and not get anybody, Um, you know, only get one person. Like, so jiggles, I tell you the same thing that I told red, because this is always true. If you are a DM, you will always be able to find players. You might not always find the players that you want, but you will <laughs> always be able to find players 100% of the time. Fair enough. And then the other <laughs> thing is, what are the chances that there are going to be people who know this setting? You know, maybe so, not the specific rules, but have familiarity with the War Machine and the Hordes universe. I actually think it's all the better if you have people who don't at your table. 
Well, I, and I have no qualms about that. Uh, but I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, what are the chances that there might be someone who does? And then they're going to realize, you know, somebody who's been reading all of the books this whole time comes in and wants to play. And then they find out that I don't know Jack in comparison, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the person who's been playing Forgotten Realms since it was originally created way back in the day to somebody who's trying to run something in Forgotten Realms that they've never done before, you know? Yeah, I'm a big old forgotten realms pharaoh nerd. Like you started talking to me about dress, like I can go back through like a whole history. You don't want to be. I, I I try not to be that nerd ever at the table, but I can be. <laughs> well, we've had those moments in the AI game where you're, you know, when we were talking, I was like, oh yeah, over here in this place, and you're like, yeah, yeah, it's over there, and <laughs> just because you know, forgotten realms, it's 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 pretty prevalent. It's it's isn't that the default setting now? Uh, I believe so. It's the default yeah. setting of 5e. But this is why I like I like another off-topic tangent. But I, I'm I'm picking up that Ouroboros game from um, Chris Matson. Okay. Uh, I, I did the the Kickstarter for it because I know nothing of the world. I know nothing of what's happening there. I just like here's a book. Uh, here's a new place. There's going to be a novel, and I'll just jump into that. And. And it'll be something entirely different. It's like a fucking Wild West setting for D&D. And I'm with that. Yeah, no, that's not, that sounds interesting. I like. I was all about the steampunk, you know, giant yeah. robots. No, this that's why I'm like, like psychic magic. When, you, like. when I heard about this one and you told me you were doing it, I was like, I want to be in. <laughs> like, so you told me about it. I was like, I'm in. Yeah, okay. Excellent. Um, So... Outside of that, yeah, no, I can't. There's not really anything else. It's just I, I got to get past the worries because this is my first sure. time doing this kind of thing. You know, the closest I came to was uh, the the first time I ran that one dungeon crawl in LD and I recorded it. I still have that recording somewhere, I think. Um, but that that required some some finagling. Um, and that's okay. So that's another question I have for you. <laughs> how do you do? Well, how do you deal with? not showing everything that the GM can see on stream because sure you know, the stream might be 10 15 seconds behind or whatever but that doesn't stop the you know a, a player from going to your stream page and going oh there are eight knolls behind that door we so, shouldn't go in that door here's the thing that I do when we're doing fantasy grounds is I actually have two instances of fantasy grounds running every time we play one is me as like a spectator player and the other is my GM one. And the one that y'all see on the stream is the spectator player one. And that, so that feature is built into fantasy grounds then. And it can see anything that the players can see, but nothing the GM can see kind of a Correct. thing. Okay. So see, basically I just have a player profile and I have a DM. So I, so you, I can have, I had multiple instances of fantasy grounds running at the same time. It's not like a, a problem. If I open another window of fantasy grounds and I join the game, then I join the game as a player. And so I just have a player profile set up and anything that I show y'all is the same thing that, that my player profile sees. So that's what the stream gets to see. Okay. But you don't, you don't deal with a whole lot of fog of war and, and lighting does Foundry have that? I don't. I don't even. It does. It does have. Grounds. It does have uh, uh, that for certain maps and stuff. Yeah. Okay. 
because I'm, I plan on having that all set up because you've seen how awesome that looks. I mean, and it doesn't come really up too much happy. in in the the maps specifically for um, the D and D the the acquisitions Inc. maps, but like some of the ones that I've done, y'all look, we've had fog of war sort of things going on on okay. them where y'all couldn't see in the cave. For those who didn't have right, yeah, I think I, I think I've, I've come up with a, a decent way to do it in, in Foundry that involves making another player, but then basically giving that additional player ownership over all the player tokens, right? So that it can see what it they can see, can what see, they see, but see. nothing right. else, and then just have that, and that's that's you know that's where the, the recording because there's like an API for for roll twenty that you can do that with too, like just um, basically make a spectator an add-on. Yeah, I yeah. had to use that. Yeah, when I did that recording, it was all recorded that way because that whole thing was definitely, you know, walls and, and line of sight and, and right. all that stuff because it's a dungeon. That's that's right. exactly how it's got to work. So, um, okay. Are you the kind of person that gets distracted if there's music during your game? No? Okay. That's good to know. <laughs> I, I honestly, in a lot of games that I'm playing... And I have music going on in the background always just for me. If, if, the, if someone is not already running music, I am out on. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Well, um, do you have any last minute thoughts or questions about no. our main topic or anything else important before we start uh, heading out here? No, I don't have anything specific. I would say that if, uh, Anyone has suggestions for our next topic, for our next show, please uh, hit us up on the Twitter. Indeed. Indeed. Um, you can also, uh, I, I made a new inquiry email, uh, uh, contact at jigglesthefet.com because I finally own my own domain name now, Ooh, or at least I own my name as a domain name. I have others, but they're not important. Um, so that's fun. <laughs> but yeah. Um, all right. Then, so uh, go ahead and, you know, give the uh, give your little goodbye spiel. Uh, okay, well, I am Prince, aka Doubles of Dice. You can find me uh, Twitch TV, Twitter, all that jazz uh, as Dimples, the letter N, and then Dice. Uh, I shit, I don't know when this is releasing, but uh, you can catch me on uh, Vampire the Masquerade, uh, Delve into Darkness on Vancouver by Night on Saturdays at three p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, you can catch me over at Roland D's 20s uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern time on Saturdays or Philly by night where I am the storyteller. I am the DM for our uh, Acquisitions Inc. game on Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern time. And there's a bunch of other stuff. Just follow me on Twitter. I don't remember. <laughs> so you got Red's Thursday I'm, game. I'm, you got stories. I'm a busy man. <laughs> like, We're going to have Cyberpunk coming up. It's a whole bunch of stuff. Follow me on Twitter. You'll know what's going on. Fantastic. Thank you for your time this evening. Of course. Um, and as, as always, I, I am Jiggles the Fat. You can find me just about anywhere with that same name. Uh, no spaces. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm in the I'm in the same Sunday acting game at 4 p.m. Eastern over there on Dimples and Dice's channel. And outside of that, I just got some basic streams going on. Nothing, nothing special yet. I do have something coming up that I don't think I'm allowed to talk about, so I don't want to take the chance yet. Well, that will end up taking out my Thursday slots here. Uh, oh baby! Shortly. Um, so that will be that will be a lot of fun. It's a, it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. So, 
Um, well, thank you for joining us. Um, yes, please, please reach out if you have a uh, if you have an idea. Uh, you can actually reach us. Uh, find the podcast itself on Twitter at Table Shop T S O T, um, as in Talking Shop on Tabletop. So, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.